Hello and welcome to the CMS webinar on homeworking. This is Sinan Abra speaking and to give you a brief introduction, I'm a counsel with CMS Turkey and I mainly practice employment law and data privacy in our Istanbul office. Today, I'd like to talk about homeworking and its legal implications under Turkish law. As many of us have already had to change our working habits and work from home, including myself, I'm hoping that you will find this webinar interesting and useful. So before we begin, let me give you an outline of the points that I'd like to touch upon today. We'll begin with a um, brief introduction, then move on to specific contractual arrangements for mobile work, then provision of work materials and bring your own device policies. Uh, moving therefrom, we'll go to monitoring of working time and productivity from a data privacy perspective, then workplace safety and workplace accidents, then working time arrangements. And finally, at the closing, we'll talk a bit about compensation of expenses incurred by employees for work purposes. Currently, there are three pieces of uh, legislation in effect uh, in Turkey that govern home working. These are one, Turkish labor law, two, the Turkish code of obligations, and three, the last one is the Turkish data protection law. We are expecting and we have been expecting uh, that this matter uh, would also be further governed uh, by a new regulation and this has been on hold for quite a while now. However, again, we do expect uh, that this current pandemic is actually going to expedite this process and, then, and that we'll have um, more details on this matter um, quite soon. Um, but of course, until as such time, uh, we'll have to work with what we have, and that is the, the, the three um, pieces of legislation that I just mentioned. So um, please, let's move ahead. As stated, contractual arrangements uh, for homeworking, and um, that is our very first topic um, on agenda for today's webinar. First, um, there are certain mandatory terms that must be under an employment contract between the employee and the employer if the employer would like the employee to perform homeworking. These are one explicit arrangement and agreement that the employee shall work from home or work via mobile devices, two, provision of work devices and their maintenance, and three, communication between the employer and the employee. While these are mandatory, of course, there are certain exceptions and the greatest exception uh, or, or the most significant uh, exception, should I say, to this principle is basically the, the current situation we're in, uh, which is that we're, we're temporarily on a homeworking basis um, due to the pandemic. And basically this is uh, a precaution, a measure that has had to be implemented um, by employers. And thus, because um, we are currently uh, not in a um, permanent state of homeworking, these um, terms do not necessarily have to be included under an employment agreement between the employee and the employer. Of course, if the employers would like to make this a permanent arrangement, then 
a new employment agreement or an annex to the current employment agreement would need to be put in would put, put in place which would include these terms that I just listed. Of course, one other issue um, that would need to be taken into consideration uh, here is um, whether an employee would be able to switch from home working to office working and from office working to home working. Um, if, and, and the, the response to this is if, the, if an employee and an employer have entered into an agreement for home working, then the employer would need the employee's consent to switch and vice versa. So home to office or office to home uh, switches would actually be considered as material changes in the uh, employment relationship, in the employment agreement between the parties and thus making these changes would actually require the consent of the employee to this effect. And forcing these changes nevertheless without the employee's consent would actually give the employee a right to termination for cause and the right to termination for cause would mean uh, a termination of employment by the employee on an immediate basis and whereby the employee would also be able to claim his or her severance package from the employer. So it also does need to be taken into consideration that if the employer would like to make these changes, a consent is necessary to avoid the um, undesired results uh, that I just mentioned. Let's move on to the next slide, and that is the provision of work materials and bring your um, own device policies. This headline obviously um, concerns the use of materials belonging to the employee by the employer. The work materials, um, employer under Turkish law, an employer is actually in principle obligated to provide these materials, but a specific agreement to the contrary is possible. Similarly, by law, an employer must make payment for use of employees' devices, but an agreement again to the contrary uh, is uh, going to be possible and should be upheld under Turkish law. As for your bring, as for uh, bring your own device uh, policies, it is to be noted, of course, that the employer, nevertheless, I mean, regardless of the, whether this device belongs to the employer or the employee, is going to uh, have a right to, to, to a certain extent to regulate and supervise um, these uh, devices. Of course, um, information regarding such monitoring uh, is going to have to be provided uh, to the employee um, under the employment agreement. And um, of course, this also has a um, data privacy aspect that, that we are going to uh, explain uh, further in the next slide. But uh, regardless of the data privacy obligations, Turkish employment law while allowing the employer to govern and regulate these devices, asks that the employer notifies the employee uh, of the uh, monitoring and the regulate, regulate, regulating uh, that is going to be um, in place. So um, in conclusion, while uh, bring your own device policies, uh, implementing these uh, bring your own device policies is possible, 
um, it makes sense that the employee and the employer enter into an agreement, whether this be the employment agreement itself or um, another protocol or an annex, um, that the employee and the employer agree on who, whose device is going to be used for work purposes, whether the employer is going to make any payment to this effect, and how the monitoring is going to take place. Putting all the, this down in writing is actually crucial to avoid any um, undesired results, outcomes later, as well as um, for the employer to fight through um, any disputes uh, before mediators or before a court. Now let's uh, move on to the next slide, which is um, again related to this matter. Uh, monitoring employees' working time and productivity, it, it is important to indicate for, uh, first that two laws, namely the labor law and the Turkish data protection law, separately govern this matter. So these two laws both have a say, so to speak, in how an employee may be monitored, whether that be uh, that employee's working time productivity or something else. And in this regard, uh, it is again important that a distinction be made, and that is the Turkish employment law is quite dated with settled precedent, while the Turkish data protection law is quite new with developing practices. Um, while these two laws do not bring contradictory obligations on the employer, they bring independent and mutually exclusive obligations regarding privacy. So let me elaborate on this point a bit. From an employment law perspective, there is settled precedent that any monitoring of electronic devices must be notified to the employee first. This is the issue that uh, we discussed um, in the previous slide. However, from a data privacy perspective, a notification about monitoring or even consent uh, that, that is actually provided based on employment law and based on um, or provided under an employment agreement will likely not be sufficient. And the reason for that is the obligation to inform an employee about certain processing issues or and obviously that is the processing of personal data and uh, that would obviously cover working time and productivity is subject to various formal conditions. So therefore, um, it's advisable to affect such information provision separately under a so-called data privacy notice, which meets the conditions under the Turkish data Pro protection law and the secondary legislation. And uh, again, one uh, issue that, that is similar in uh, both of these uh, legislations, the, um, the labor law and the data protection law, is that neither of these laws will allow excessive monitoring and thus regulation of electronic devices must not be excessive and must be in proportion with the aim of such monitoring. So to conclude, it would first be advisable for an employer to duly set out this bring your own device policy as discussed a moment ago and this may be as part of an employment agreement or it may be separate have the employee accept the terms of such policy and then based on the provisions of the Turkish data pr protection law, 
separately inform the employee of all monitoring practices that is uh, occurring due to the um, data privacy matters available under the data protection law. And in addition, of course, the employer must always keep in mind that the monitoring shall not be excessive and out of proportion with the aim that it's seeking to fulfill. Now let us move on and the, uh, the following matter we'll discuss is uh, workplace safety and accidents. So the, the first issue that um, I'd like to discuss here is obviously the social security uh, matters. Um, Turkish law does not make a distinction um, with respect to mandatory registration with social security between um, employees doing home working or employees doing office working. So whether you're working at home or whether you're working uh, at your office, the obligation to register with the social security is applicable and um, it's a continuing obligation uh, on the employer. One um, other, let's say, interesting obligation that that's continues to be imposed on the employer for um, homeworking uh, employees is that it is that the employer must instruct the employee on health and safety issues. So what this entails is the employer must do a risk assessment at the home of the uh, employee and determine the risks um, applicable. Um, engage the occupational health and uh, health and safety officer to advise the employee accordingly of these risks, and then, as a matter of evidence, have the employee acknowledge receipt of such advice. And one other issue is um, obviously work-related accidents and illnesses, um, and and that is um, any illness or accident occurring due to the performance of work, even if this work is performed at the home of the employee, will continue to be treated as a work-related accident or a work-related illness, and the employee will be entitled to certain claims from the Social Security Agency. And of course, the uh, critical aspect of this matter is that the Social Security Agency in return may seek recourse from the employer for payments made to the employee if the employer has acted negligently. And negligent, negligence acts here would be considered acts that uh, whereby the employer has failed to take the necessary uh, health and safety measures that we just discussed. So if the uh, employer uh, has not done some sort of risk assessment at the employee's home and then advise the employee accordingly, or even if uh, the employer has done so, but this has been insufficient or has not met the necessary changes uh, uh, that, that, that have occurred, then the employer will likely be considered to have act acted in negligence. Now, moving on to working time arrangements, this is a matter that's uh, in principle um, regulated under the Turkish labor law and it's um, really non-discriminatory application of the Turkish law. So uh, a 45 hour working week would apply to um, employees working from home and 
employees uh, working from the office. There is uh, really no difference. And both sets of employees can also uh, agree with the employer to perform shorter working hours or um, they can enter into alternative working arrangements, let's say uh, a three-day working week. And of course, one, one issue that uh, I slightly touched upon a moment earlier is the non-discrimination principle. So employees working from home may not be forced to work longer hours or receive less pay compared to those working at the actual offices unless there exists an objective reason which would justify this uh, different treatment. So um, the employer must watch out and uh, make sure that it's, it's not discriminating between uh, these two types of employees. And um, the last matter with respect to this slide is again, working time may be regulated in a different manner uh, under the uh, regulation that we are expecting to be um, implemented in short time. And now moving on to the compensation of expenses. So um, as discussed, the employer is actually in principle obligated to cover work-related expenses, but it is possible uh, for the parties to agree on, an, on the contrary. So um, it is possible that certain expenses will be assumed by the employee and not the employer. And it is at any rate difficult to determine in certain instances, the proportion of expenses to be uh, incurred by the employer and the employee at any rate. For example, if the employee has, a, has an inter internet subscription at home, it is not always very easy to determine what proportion of that subscription was actually used for the employer and what proportion was used for the personal reasons of the employee. Therefore, an alternative arrangement would actually um, provide some relief to the employers to avoid any claims uh, of payment or, re or repayment later. And that, that is, the em employer may promise a certain salary, um, a fixed salary uh, to the employee, and then also provide for uh, the payment of certain expenses on top of the uh, fixed salary, which would also um, evidence that the employee, uh, the, that the employer is actually not running away from this obligation and that uh, the salary and this support, this uh, compensation for expenses have been separately agreed upon and entered into between uh, the parties. And um, again, this, this uh, matter may be uh, subject to different regulations in the coming days. And of course, the uh, employee's obligation to comply with uh, policies with respect to other non-standardized expenses will continue to be applicable. So uh, if the policy is, let's say for traveling, uh, it is to book only uh, economy class travel then obviously the employee is going to have to comply uh, with these obligations. So um, this will continue to be in effect uh, regardless of the other arrangements between the employee and the employer. Um, thank you very much for your participation. This brings us to the end of our webinar. Uh, we thank you very much for, for your participation. 
Um, if there are any questions that pop up in your mind or you have any other comments or criticism, please do reach out to us. Um, we very much look forward to hearing uh, from you with respect to these queries, comments or criticism, and uh, we will respond to them um, shortly uh, after this, uh, once this webinar has ended. Thank you very much.